in the desolate post-apocalyptic world of Hyronia, where rotting metal and crumbling cities meet in twisted ruins, two unlikely heroes were belched from the darkness. TIE Fighter and T-Bone, ferocious barbarians with an unbreakable bond, had returned battered and bruised from a most unusual adventure. With the shimmering aura of time travel Kirby dots surrounding them, they had journeyed to the month of January 1980 and returned clutching Star Trek the motion picture Happy Mill toys, their clobbered brows adorned with an inexplicable joy. It was a desperate act to find a means of restoring hope to their ravaged land. The people of Hyronia had known only destruction and despair for generations, but legends spoke of a mystic seer with the power to manipulate the threads of time itself. In their quest for salvation, TIE Fighter and T-Bone sought the counsel of Freya, the enigmatic oracle, a figure cloaked in the veils of mystery and ageless wisdom. Upon entering the mystic seer's inner sanctum, the room was filled with incense and the soft hum of arcane energies, Atari beeps, and elliptical machines. The seer, her eyes veiled in shadows, revealed to our time-traveling barbarians the true purpose of their journey. For the Happy Meal baubles were not the only relics they needed to complete the obsidian slab known as the altar of Jabbar. Instead, they must return to February 1980, a month shrouded in secrets, and recover more information. The fate of the world depended on it, and with a solemn nod, the seer sent them on yet another quest through time. Find out what high adventure awaits in Time Barbarians of the 1980s. In time! I just killed the energy level in the room, uh, but now we are back with another special edition of Pump Action Podcast. We are your hosts, Tie Fighter and T Bone, and we are here today to talk about a history of the 1980s continued. This yes, is episode two, February. 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 February 1980. I, I, yeah. I, I can't take anybody serious that pronounces it February. 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 Whatever. You know, uh, Peter Jennings would say Wednesday. 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 That sounds kind of cool. I'm going to start using that in my everyday vernacular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do we got? Um, what we got happening in the month of February 1980. Right. February 1980. Uh, quick disclaimer, though. Um, these uh, history episodes are going to be pretty uh, Americentric. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Canada. Yeah. Um, and also, it's uh, we're not going to get 
too in depth with stuff here. This is just to give you like a little taste of the 1980s. Right, so right, right. Like, we, a, like a Reader's Digest. You know, we might we might uh, gloss over or miss a few things, but this these are kind of shorter episodes just to give you an idea of what's going on in uh, in the U.S. Yeah, we're, we're setting the plate. Yeah. Or setting the table, I should say. <laughs> just to wet your whistle. <laughs> this is a little appetizer before the main course. Yeah. So because we're a mostly a movie podcast, we're going to start off with some movies and television. Awesome. So February 1st, 1980, the soap opera Love of Life airs its 7,316th and final episode. Good Lord. After 29 years on the air. Good Lord. Never heard of it. I've never heard yeah. of it either. We grew up as a Days of Our Lives mm. family. I think I've said before, my spent a lot of time at my grandma's house, and we'd always seen you know, like Granny's stories are coming on, <laughs> and we weren't really allowed to watch anything else unless we wanted to go outside and play. But sometimes it was just so hot, so we ended up just like watching Days of Our Lives yeah. as a youth, and I, I just the Victor Kyriakis and uh, <laughs> Bo and Hope. And all of that, it was crazy. We kind of stopped watching when Marlena got possessed because my grandma, like, was very, like, this is a Christian! <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, but she, all the uh, adultery and, and murder and, uh, you know, all that's yeah. fine, all the other debauchery, but definitely once uh, the devil comes into Salem, which is, I don't know. But go ahead, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, you only had a few days to wait because on February 4th, the Young and the Restless airs its first hour-long episode. Ooh. Yeah. Then on, on February 5th, PBS debuts their long-running anthology series, Mystery, which aired mostly British crime and mystery dramas. Mm. The show merged with another PBS mainstay masterpiece in the 2000s and continues to air to this day. I remember as a kid, like, watching Masterpiece Theater. Yeah, my parents watched Mystery all the time. They did, yeah. yeah. I just remember, like, that being, like, the 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 height of, like, intellectualism. Yeah. Like, I thought, like, only the smartest people in the world are watching that <laughs> shit. Yeah. I mean, like, I really did. Like, as a kid, I was just like, if I watch this, like, I'm going to be smart. Like, yeah. I really thought that in my brain, so it's crazy. February 14th, Walter Conker. Walter Cronkite mm-hmm. announces his retirement to take effect the following year. Uh, which is funny because I feel like he was around through the eighties and so 90s, do I. But I, I, I do know. remember that being a big deal because, like, I remember, um, like my was it my grandpa or somebody like there were almost like tears like in the house because he was like America's yeah. you know uh, news news anchor you know what I mean America's anchor it's just kind of I just remember it being a huge deal yeah February 29th Make Me Laugh a game show that first debuted in 1958 would air its final episode although it did have a brief revival in the late 90s <laughs> So let's talk about some movies. Yes. Some of the more notable films released in February 1980. The Richard Gere film, American Gigolo on the First. Oh, wow. The eighth, we saw a re-release of Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. as well as John Carpenter's The Fog. Oh, that came out in February 1980. I yeah. did not know that. And the first Golden Harvest Jackie Chan film, Young Master. Yes. I just watched Dragon Lord, yeah, which is like the sequel to that. So I, I think I, I don't know if I told you or not, but I ended up picking up um, Shout Factory had a 
Labor Day sale. Um, and so I picked up both the Jackie Chan collections. Um, there's some really, really bad, um, what was it, The Killer Meteors? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was an awful film. But I watched it. But the bonus feature is Dragon Lord, which is a um, comedy. It's like a kung fu comedy, which is a direct sequel to Dragon Master. Is that what you said? Uh, Young Master. Young Master. Young Master. Yeah, yeah. It's really funny. Some insane. I Well, it's for another episode. But <laughs> Jesus Christ. February 15th. Mad Max. Oh, my God. Now, yeah. why have we not talked about Mad Max until uh-huh. this very moment? Uh, also on the 15th, the controversial penthouse film Caligula. Oh. Yeah. Uh, do you know the story with that? Um, I think basically they filmed it as kind of a pseudo straight movie about Caligula with some big Hollywood stars like oh, Malcolm McDowell. Is that the one where they like literally like this sex that you see is not simulated, right? Like it's yeah. legitimate. There's no like they don't show anything. They shot like a, re- and a, a legit movie and then they went in later and filmed porn some behind hardcore. everyone's back. Oh, and, like, okay, okay. Put it in the film and it okay. was a huge big deal. I do remember that. Actually, I thought it was backwards. I thought that like they had filmed it as a straight porno, but they did not show like all the sex you see in it is real, but it's not even with like Hollywood stars. But it's they didn't show anything. But yeah. I've I've never seen it, so that's just the story. I think. Yeah. Uh, Kramer versus Kramer, which was released in December of '79, is still in theaters mm-hmm. and it's still making a ton of money. Yeah. The highest grossing movies for February are The Silent Scream, American Gigolo. And Cruising, which was an Al Pacino thriller about a serial killer who targets gay men. Have you ever seen that movie? No. It's really good. Yeah. Um, it's not what I expected. This was back in the days of like renting. And I don't remember if you remember or not, but they used to have a video store in Norman called 24-Hour Video. And um, Cruising was in the thriller section. And just by the box, it looks kind of exorcist kind of. like That's just kind of the feel that I got from it. It doesn't say anything about it, like on the back cover of the, you know. So when you go to watch it, I was watching it by myself. I was just like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, I, I mean, this is, of course, this is young me. You know, I had never seen, been privy to anything, the thing that they were depicting on screen. And so, because he's like going into like these S&M clubs. Uh-huh. He's going into like these gay clubs. And it's very like in your face. And. Um, for the, for the time, you know, I was just like, oh my gosh, like I didn't like, should I be watching this by myself? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and then I was like, well, maybe by myself is better. You know, <laughs> it's a really good film though. Um, the soundtrack is amazing. It's like a old school, like punk rock, like soundtrack. I mm-hmm. think like the germs have songs on there. I think like, um, GBH has songs on there. So it's really, really cool. It's, it's a really good film and I do recommend it if you've never seen it, but don't go expecting dog day afternoon. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> but even that is like... <laughs> Uh, he's he's getting a he's trans right the oh yeah that's right yeah. <laughs> that is right yeah, not Al Pacino right. but the other guy yeah 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 I forgot uh, February 1st saw the first broadcast of the animated Olympic Games special Animal Olympics yes there was a second part that was never broadcast however because President Carter decided the US was boycotting the 1980 Olympics so they didn't they, they didn't air the second one because of that yeah, I don't know if it was, I mean, I'm sure it was eventually released at some point, but yeah. not at this time. Uh, so do you have any other TV or movie news TV you wanted to mention? News? I don't believe I do. Um, the only, well, I guess 
We, well, I don't know if we're going to talk about the Miracle on Ice. I guess that's more of like sports. But, yeah. Um, no, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you kind of. All right. Let's get into some music. Yes. February 7th, Pink Floyd began the Wall Tour at Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena. Mm-hmm. February 27th, 1980, the 22nd Annual Grammy Awards are presented in Los Angeles. Kenny Rogers was the host. (laughs) (laughs) I love his chicken. (laughs) Billy Joel won Album of the Year for 52nd Street. What a Fool Believes by the Doobie Brothers won both Record of the Year and Song of the Year. Mm. On February 29th, the sheriff of Mason City, Iowa, was going through some old police files and discovered Buddy Holly's glasses and the Big Bopper's wristwatch collected from the ill-fated plane crash that killed them both. Uh, they were musicians, if someone doesn't know, which is why we're talking about it here. <laughs> yeah. The glasses were given to Holly's brother, Lawrence Odell Holly. And I didn't mention, I didn't make note of it here, but what was that, like 1959 59, yeah, because that's, you know, the day the music died. Yeah, so over 20 years later, they found this in some old police files. Yeah, that's crazy, because I remember seeing, like, um, I was a huge, this sounds crazy, because, I mean, let's just say, like, we all want to tell the story that we fell out of the womb listening to, like, Fugazi or something cool (laughs) like that, but really you just grew up listening to what your parents listening to listen to and so we always grew up like listening to like old like Motown and like 60s and you know even 50s you know just rock and roll um and this was a huge Buddy Holly fan and I remember um remember when um hard rock cafes were like the thing to do like you had the shirts right they had one in Dallas and I couldn't wait to go um this is way late but anyway they had a pair of Buddy Holly's glasses now I don't know if it's like real or not you know <laughs> yeah. but like they had a pair that claimed to be buddy's holly buddy holly's glasses and you know people say like that's like the, the most famous eyeglasses in rock and roll history um i was just shocked that they had something like that there from buddy holly because like i don't know just growing up with buddy holly idolized him um because he was kind of a nerd yeah. you know and i, I kind of wore big thick glasses like that myself um you know i, I have really bad eyesight like i think i'm like negative like 14 in one of my <laughs> eyes like i'm not even exaggerating and so i remember like um as a kid you know my mom was like let's go pick out some glasses you know and and it didn't matter what i picked because the lenses were just so <laughs> like there's just there was no way of finding cute glasses for me and you know contacts you know when you're in like third or fourth grade back in you know it's 83 84 that's just not a thing so i remember just like you know like f this like i'm gonna try to just pick the nastiest you know, plasticky, just the ugliest glasses I could find because what's the point? Yeah. And so I started wearing like horned rim glasses for the longest time just because like I was trying to flip it, you know, and be like, well, I might as well just get the ugly glasses because I'm ugly yeah. anyway. So to see Buddy Holly like rocking glasses like that, like that was one of my um, heroes, you know what I mean? <laughs> and not to mention growing up watching the Buddy Holly story, which, you know, years later you find out is like 85% bullshit. <laughs> 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 Gary Busey was in it, Tulsa, Gary Busey, but... Anyway, <laughs> uh, artists that released albums in February of 1980 include Ramones, The Cure, The Sugar Hill Gang, Brian Adams, Hart, Warren Zevon, Elvis Costello, Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, Smokey Robinson, Journey, Linda Ronstadt, Iggy Pop, and Survivor. Golly, what a time to be alive! <laughs> All that in one month. Yeah. Tearing up the rock charts in February. We got songs such as Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall Part 2, 
All Out of Love by Air Supply, I Can't Tell You Why by The Eagles, Michael Jackson's Off the Wall, Ride Like the Wind by Christopher Cross, Shining Star by The Manhattans, and The Spirit of Radio by Rush. Yes! God, I love Rush. There you go, Canada. <laughs> we got like six listeners in Canada. Nice. Yeah. February 14th, a Broadway revival of West Side Story opens up at the Minskoff Theater in Manhattan and ran for 333 performances. Nice. You got any other music news for us? Uh, just the fact that, um, let me look here. Yeah. Um, ACDC lead singer Bon Scott um, died in a parked car in South London after a night of heavy drinking. Um, he was born Ronald Belfort Scott in Forfar, Scotland. He was only 33 years old. It says the car's driver, Alistair Kenner, had parked the vehicle in front of Kenner's house on Overhill Road in East Dun- Dunwich after the friend had opted to let Scott get sober. So I guess he wanted him to sober up and didn't take him to the hospital because um, he just died of alcohol poisoning in the back of the car. 33. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's put our uh, serious hats on and talk politics and current events. Oh, yeah, let me get my glasses up. <laughs> <laughs> February 1st, the Department of Energy released an emergency plan for gas rationing in the event of a possible upcoming fuel shortage. The plan included four-day work weeks, limited gas purchases of $7, and only allowing gas purchases on certain days of the month. The plan, however, never needed to be implemented. February 4th, the first implantable cardioverter defibrillator is implanted in an unidentified patient at Johns Hopkins University Hospital. Millions of people have since had their lives extended by the technology. Mm. The trial of John Wayne Gacy began on February 6th. Gacy was a serial killer suspected of killing 27 people throughout the 1970s. He was ultimately executed in 1994. Jesus. And, uh, so I didn't really dig too deep into this, but I saw conflicting information. It was either the electric chair or lethal injection, so I'm not sure which one it was. I didn't even know they would even still have the electric chair in 90. Well, I guess they would 94, because didn't Bundy, they fried him too, like around that same time, like 90, maybe, I think. So. I don't know. Maybe that, yeah. I, I just, I kind of figured like the humanity of it all, like they got rid of that, and now yeah. they just do lethal injection. And even like, anybody can find a way to mess that up it's Oklahoma <laughs> yeah so <laughs> uh February did I say where that was wasn't that in Illinois or yeah, something yeah I think it was in Chicago if mm-hmm. I believe I don't remember too much like I there's a great documentary um made by the same people that made that Ted Bundy one um on Netflix that's really really good and so frightening yeah that that guy literally lived like in a neighborhood just like this one, <laughs> you know, and it was like, yeah. you know, very kind of well-respected, you know, community leader. Like he did all these things, like wonderful things, you know, but this, you know, behind closed doors, he was a monster. Yeah. It's a good thing. Serial killers don't normally target straight average looking middle-aged white guys <laughs> like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, February 10th, an eight year old boy named Brian Ingram found $3,000 of the $200,000 ransom paid to infamous hijacker D.B. Cooper, who hijacked a plane in November of 1971. Ingram Ingram was allowed to keep about half of the $3,000, and in 2008, he sold some of it at an auction for $37,000. That's awesome. I know you, you, you were talking about this a minute ago. Do you have any 
other info about this? Other than the case has never officially been solved. Um, yeah. You know, if people don't know, like he robbed a bank and then hijacked a plane and then parachuted out during the middle. Of, like he just took his money and like parachuted out. I don't remember exactly over where, um, but has never been seen again. So they don't know like whether this guy um, survived. He they, jumped out at night, like in the middle of a thunderstorm. Yeah. It's like something. a crazy story. Um, almost like the Lindbergh baby, but he never has been found. Um, I think, wasn't it like a year or so later, like he sent a postcard to some like radio station or something. No, to let I didn't know that he was still alive. That one. And I could be wrong on that. Maybe I'm getting that and the Alcatraz guys mixed up. But all I know is just like he never was caught. He was never seen again. Like the dude just literally disappeared. I think they found part of his parachute or something yeah. like that. And, um, and a little bit of the money. Yeah, a little bit of the money, but never a body or anything. So it's crazy like that that guy could possibly still be out there. Cool story. Yeah. Former actor and governor of California, Ronald Reagan, became the front runner for the Republican Party presidential nomination on February 23rd. All right. Uh, I have a couple of sports items here. Yes. The 13th Winter Olympics opened on February 13th in Lake Placid, New York. On February 22nd, the United States defeated the USSR 4-3 in the infamous Miracle on Ice hockey match in the Winter Olympics. Yes. The USSR team had won five gold medals in the last six Olympics and were the heavy favorite to win. They were comprised mostly of professional players with significant tournament experience, while the U.S. team was mostly amateurs and was the youngest team at the Olympics. Yeah, what was crazy, I think two weeks before that, um, the Russians like trounced them like 10 to 3 or something yeah. like that. I just remember that being a huge deal. Um, they made a movie. Disney made a movie about it. It was pretty Miracle. good with like, I, Kurt Russell. It. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. of course, he's in all the sports movies that Disney made. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I remember like, again, like back in, like, I don't know, like when I, people took things so to heart, I feel like back then, because like people crying like in the streets about that, like how wonderful like that was. Like it was great, you know. Uh, yeah. Do you have any other uh, sports? I for do. Us? Um, Titan Sports now, the World Wrestling Federation or World Wrestling Entertainment was incorporated by professional wrestling promoter Vincent K. McMahon. Um, he purchased his father's company, Capital Wrestling Corporation, which had been operating as the World Wrestling Federation um, after building the, the WWF into a multi-billion dollar company. Uh, McMahon would rename it Titan Sports um, to uh, would rename Titan Sports, excuse me, to World Wrestling Federation Incorporated after a challenge from the World Wildlife Fund over the trade, the use of the trademark WWF and in making a concession that professional wrestling was not purely competitive, emphasized its entertainment value. It became the WWE in 2002. So yeah, that month, um, Vincent K. McMahon officially took over, took the reins from his dad, Vincent McMahon Ju uh, Sr., and headed up wrestling, which was a common thing to watch in our house. Um, it came on, memory serves correct, once a month, um, it was live from Madison Square Garden. I was the only, you know, and I remember as a kid, my dad telling me, 
this is back in the VCR days. I taped something and you're going to want to see it. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, well, what, what is it? He's like, well, when you get home from school today, I'm going to show you um, what it was. And when I got home, I couldn't wait. I could not wait uh, to, because to, I don't think I remember. I mean, I remember seeing wrestling, but not really understanding like what it was. Um, but he showed me um, first the match where, because I think they replayed it, um, where the, the Iron Sheik beat Bob Backlund um, with, uh, he had him like in the, the cross-faced chicken wing or something like that. <laughs> um, but anyway, the, the Sheik made him tap with the, with the camel clutch, the Iron Sheik did. And then um, my dad showed me Hulk Hogan beating the Iron Sheik. And I can, I, to, to say I was elated was just like, I had no idea who these people were, but I just knew that it was a great thing. Um, and that was like where I kind of fell in love with wrestling. Um, but yeah, uh, wrestling was it. And I still watch it to this day. I'm still a huge nerd for wrestling to this day. Um, but yeah, my love of wrestling goes way back <laughs> to, to almost 1980. All right. Uh, I got a little uh, little toys and tech yes. blurb for you. Uh, I think we talked about this on the other one, but the uh, Star Trek toys are still in the Happy Meals Okay. this month. Um, the arcade game Galaxian was released in the U.S. on February 2nd, 1980. It would, become, it would go on to become one of the top five highest grossing arcade games in the world that year. Galaxian. This was back arcade games would make like literally tens or hundreds of millions of dollars a year oh yeah so. yeah i remember we had um there was two machines set up um in crosstown grocery store over by the traffic circle for those people that live in tulsa and um you would go into that store and there would just be crowds of people around those two machines i know one of them was asteroids yeah. the one where it had like the color on the screen right. um I, don't, I could not tell you what the other one was but no asteroids was one of them and just people would just stand there for hours and watch i mean we'd yeah. go grocery shopping what seemed like hours and then you would come back and it'd still be the same people there crowded around those machines so it was awesome i've got some uh famous births and deaths for you matthew lawrence born february 11th whoa best, best. Lawrence. <laughs> sorry he is best known for his roles in mrs doubtfire and boy meets world christina ricci february 12th yes Ricci is known for starring in many independent films as well as more mainstream fares such as the Addams Family Cinematic Universe. Mm. Jason Ritter, actor and John Ritter's son, is born on February 17th. Chelsea Clinton, daughter of President Bill Clinton and Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, February 27th. Uh, I have some interesting deaths here for you. Okay. February 13th. David Jansen died. Jansen was best known for playing Richard Kimball on the TV series version of The Fugitive in the oh, 1960s. Okay. I remember that name. I couldn't place where it was at, though. He died of a heart attack at the age of 48 after years of heavy drinking and smoking up to four packs of cigarettes a day. <laughs> That's a 60s man for yeah. you. <laughs> Paul, Bearer, Paul Bearers at his funeral included Milton Berle, Johnny Carson, Gregory Peck, and Rod Stewart. Dang, that's a lineup. How about this? Honorary pallbearers included Jack Lemon, George Papard, Jimmy Stewart, and Danny Thomas. Jesus, I didn't <laughs> know that guy was that connected. Those are some heavy hitters. I know. February 17th, musician and composer Jerry Fielding died at the age of 57. 
He was nominated for three Academy Awards for his film compositions of The Wild Bunch, Straw Dogs, and The Outlaw Josie Wales. Yeah. He composed soundtracks for several dozen films throughout the 60s and 70s, mostly for westerns, crime films, and other gritty noir films. Mm. He also composed music for the original Star Trek series, most notably for the Trouble with Tribbles episode. (laughs) And he composed the theme songs for Hogan's Heroes and the Bionic Woman. So, never heard of the guy, but I've definitely heard some of his music. No body of work, that's for sure. Uh... You mentioned Bon Scott, but I wanted to add one little oh. thing that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, his official cause of death was acute alcohol poisoning and death by misadventure. <laughs> death by yeah. misadventure. That's a way to go. <laughs> that is a way to go. Right. You know what's crazy, though? Um, kind of to jump back to our episode about Bruce Lee, also died of death by misadventure. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go. February 20th, 1980, Joseph Banks Rhine died. Rhine was the founder of the field of parapsychology and known for using the ESP cards created by his colleague Carl Zenner. So without him, we might not have had Ghostbusters. I was getting ready to say that. (laughs) All right. This is a a good story here. George Tobias. You know him? I do not died February 27th at the age of 78. He is probably best known to us and maybe older generations for playing Abner Kravitz, husband of nosy neighbor Gladys Kravitz on the immensely popular TV show Bewitched. Oh, okay, okay. <clears throat> uh, when his body was being taken to the mortician in a station wagon, the driver got in a minor fender bender with another vehicle. When the drivers got out of their cars to exchange information, two other men jumped in the station wagon and carjacked it. (laughs) They drove three blocks before discovering there was a dead body in the back and subsequently stopped the car immediately and ran away screaming. (laughs) What? (laughs) That's awful. (laughs) That's a pretty good uh, death story, too. That should be death by misadventure. Burial by misadventure. Yeah, there you Uh, go. (laughs) February 29th. Famous pinup artist Gil Elvgren died. Elvgren was active from the 1930s to the 70s, and a number of his works were used as nose art on World War II military aircraft. That's cool. Uh, did you uh, hear about any famous births or deaths? Uh, I think you pretty us? much covered mm-hmm. them, yeah. Yeah, there's also, I'm, like I said, this isn't comprehensive. There's other famous people that were, I'm kind of just going with people that I've heard of. Right, I know right. there's other people that, are famous that were born and died. All right. I have one last uh, miscellaneous tidbit here. February, 1980 was a leap year. So this year it had 29 days instead of 28. Uh, Leap days have been around since ancient Roman times, but for almost 1700 years, they were accounted for by simply having two days with the same date. So there'd be like two February 24ths, but uh, they were legally treated as one day. One extra day. Yeah. What is the point? Uh, it's it's just a, like an astronomical thing. Oh, okay, okay. Then it's every four years, right? It's every four years, unless uh, the year is divisible by four hundred or something weird like that. Oh, that's weird. Like, um, I think nineteen hundred, no, two thousand. Wasn't a leap year. It Wait. was. 
That'd what? be divisible by 400. Maybe I have it. Unless it's know. some odd 400 and like 13. Maybe it's if it is not, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, the point is there's some weird thing where like every <laughs> 400 years or something, there's not a leap day. There's not a leap day. Okay. So we won't, anyway. won't be around for the next <laughs> non-leap year. I think the next one is 2100. So it must be oh. if the year is not divisible by 400. Gotcha. It's not a leap year. Gotcha. Anyway. Gotcha. Uh, so in the mid-15th century is when the English started using a day numbered February 29th. And over the next couple hundred years, it became more and more widespread. And it was eventually codified into law by the British in 1750. So that's why we have a February 29th. Cool. So yeah, that's a kind of a snapshot of February 1980, as far as the U.S. is concerned anyway. You got anything else to add? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I think mm-hmm. we pretty much covered it. Um, I was wondering, though, um, of course, you probably don't have any notes on this. You know, the original Mad Max, when it was released here, the dialogue was dubbed over. Yeah. So I was wondering, like, um, had they done that? Was that the, 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 the Mad Max that they released? Was it obviously the dubbed version, I wonder? I think or so. Probably so. Because I don't remember there ever being the Australian dub or audio track until dvd came i remember when i bought that you had the alternate like you could it, of course it was added as a special feature because like you know back then like dvds were like interactive menus like that was the special feature right. yeah um but like one of them was like yeah with the original original like australian dialogue and i remember watching that i'm just like oh my god like this is awesome <laughs> i had no idea that was even an australian film until then but um so cool cool that's yeah that's about you- all i got do you know if uh, Mel Gibson did his own English or American accent for that? I don't think so. Was he I would be surprised. Famous if he did. I don't think he was famous enough because mm-hmm. wasn't Mad Max only like his second film? Like I know he Maybe did so. like um, uh, like he did like a Vietnam War movie or some kind of mo- like army film like World War Z or something. That wasn't World War Z, <laughs> but it was something like that, yeah. like Unit Z or something like that. Um, he did like a Vietnam film. Other than that, I don't know how much other films he had to his credit at that time. So I don't think he had enough stroke to be able to say, I want to do my own English dubbing. So, all right. Well, all right. Well, yeah. So this has been February 1980. Uh, If you have anything that you'd like to add, anything that we missed, you can always get a hold of us at the uh, Instagram page. It is pumpaction underscore podcast. Um, So if we don't have anything else to discuss on this one, um, I am Ty Fighter. This is T-Bone, and we'll be back with March 1980 for this series anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what should we call this series? <laughs> History of the 80s. Yeah. History of the 80s. I was like, like barbarians of the apocalypse or something <laughs> cool like that. But we'll just go sure. with History of the 80s. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll check you all later next time.